Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you're listening to the Alaskan Grappler Podcast, bringing you interviews from the best to ever do it. From the Golden Heart City of Fairbanks, here's the best damn Alaskan wrestling podcast host ever, Dennis Auckman. What's up, everyone? You are listening to another episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I am the best damn Alaskan wrestling podcast host ever, Dennis Ackman. On this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Randy Hansen. Randy was a three-time state champion and four-time finalist from Bethel. He then went on to wrestle for the University of Minnesota as well as get a degree in kinesiology. He has since moved back to Alaska and he is on a tear. He was named Assistant Coach of the Year in 2018 while winning a team state championship with South Anchorage, and as of last year, he has taken over the program as the head coach. We talk about when he started wrestling as well as his time in middle school, high school, and college. We talk about how he got started coaching at South Anchorage and how he got the opportunity to become the head coach, as well as some of the differences and challenges from assistant to head coach. We talk about his sister being a world champion powerlifter. Yes, you heard that correct. Randy gives me his rankings on pancakes, waffles, and French toast. We talk about his toughest opponents, favorite moments, and so much more. Here is my interview with Randy Hansen. Number one question always, when did you start wrestling and how did you get into it or who got you into it? I had a feeling this was going to come up and I was kind of thinking about it because I don't know the exact story. If I remember correctly, I started getting into it because I had a neighbor. I don't know if you remember the name Mick Davis. Sounds he, right, yeah. he was a state champ from Bethel quite a bit older than me and wrestled for Pacific University. And he was kind of like, you know, my idol growing up kind of thing. And he was in wrestling and I don't even remember when I first started watching it or what, but you know, I wanted to be like him. And I think I first started wrestling in fourth grade because if I remember correctly, we didn't have a freestyle club back then. So we got to start in elementary school in fourth grade. So that was my, that was kind of my intro to, you're just wrestling. going to like the middle school practices or yeah fourth fifth and sixth is our is our breakdown for our kind of our elementary school or middle school fourth fifth and sixth grade started doing that and we wrestled just all the villages around Bethel and stuff like that so that was kind of how I got started so I mean you kind of talked about the guy that you idolized maybe just a little bit growing up who's been some of your biggest influences in the sport in particular is he one of them maybe I mean obviously he got you into it but you know after that yeah, he was one of them getting into it, but I don't remember, you know, he was, like I said, he was so much older than me and he was off right. to college and then never even moved back to Bethel. So that was kind of like the spark, I think, that got it going. And then for sure, you know, the Darren Leeb's influence, he didn't start coaching me until high school, but he was coaching the high school program back then. So that was kind of, you know, I idolized all those high school, uh, all those high school guys. Gilbert McIntyre was one of my neighbors, Pete Kaiser. Um, wrestled who's now I did a rod champ just kind of all those guys older than me that I was surrounded surrounded by in Bethel since it's such a small community you yeah. kind of just look up to all those guys do they kind of provide you with some like big brother type you know relationships Kinda. yeah or, or is it more I just didn't... like watching them and kind of seeing them yeah just kind of watching them I mean wrestling wasn't like my main sport until probably junior high I kind of played everything because in Bethel, that's kind of what you do. Played <laughs> sure. basketball is probably my favorite sport in elementary school because that's what all my friends did. Gotcha. So basketball, we played little league in the summer, ran cross country, did did NYO, <laughs> Native Youth Olympics, everything. Um, yeah, depending on the season, you kind of do it all. But then 
kind of started picking up wrestling a little bit more in sixth, seventh grade. Did you end up dropping those other sports then as you got in? Did you do any other sports in like high school? Or, or no, I did. I did. But I, I kind of just did them just to do them. Like I played basketball all the way up until my senior year was the only year I didn't join. Oh, wow. Um, well, what position did you play? Point guard. I was, point guard. I was, gotcha. I was like five foot three <laughs> in high school. So five <laughs> four, five five. Point guard. I ran cross country all four years in high school. So yeah, cross country, basketball, and wrestling was in, my, in high school. Yeah. Dang, all right. Uh, you mentioned Darren Lieb. Let's talk about him a little bit. You know, what was it like having him as a high school coach? I mean, more of more of like a mentor. I, I see him as, you know, just being just being around. And we traveled so much being in Bethel that he was kind of like a almost like a second father, like, you know. So it's kind of teaching you life lessons like when you didn't really know what exactly you were learning, you know, it's just kind of hard lessons and just kind of being there and, you know, providing the opportunities to to let me chase my passion. Yeah. Was he, was, a, was he a, a hard ass or was he kind of like a, you mentioned more like a kind of like a mentor. Was like, yeah. that like friendship type yeah. coaching style or he was a, he was a hard ass when he needed to be like, we had sure. some, we had some tough practices, but at the same time, like he was also, you know, showed empathy and stuff like that. It wasn't just a, it wasn't a hard ass all the time. Oh. Um, I remember one specific practice we came, it was the day after Thanksgiving. And I don't remember, it was like sophomore, junior year, day after Thanksgiving, we had practice and it was like a morning practice and people showed up, you know, five, 10 minutes late and we rolled the mats out because we practice in the gym. We don't have a mat room or anything. We have to roll the mats out. So we're in the gym, kids are showing up late and, and I'm starting to look over there and see Lee kind of getting, you know, pissed <laughs> right. off and frustrated and he lets us roll the mats out, wash them and everything. And we proceeded to run sprints for about an hour. <laughs> and just, like sat up, sat up in the bleachers and blew his whistle. And uh, <laughs> so at that point, you're just like, man, what? Like, this is stupid. You know, we're not getting better at wrestling. But then you kind of, kind of, you're able to step back and realize like, you know, what he's kind of teaching about accountability and stuff like that. So yeah, things like sure. that, you know, is what I remember. Remember one year we got in trouble this is when I was younger. We got in trouble. We bought a bunch of airsoft guns from Walmart because we had a kid on the team that was 18. Oh, and uh, so he bought some airsoft guns from Walmart. And we were having like an airsoft gun war in the hotel room. Oh, my gosh. And he busts us. And I think we had to do like – we had to give him all the airsoft guns, you know, which we just spent like 50 bucks on. <laughs> and then had to do like 1,000 push-ups before bed or something like that. Oh, so gosh. things like that, you know teaching life lessons and just kind of sounds like a good coach do you still yeah. have a good relationship with him now you still talk to him yeah often? yeah we yeah we we talk a lot you know just with his son Hayden I got to coach him you know on just some travel teams and things like that but as much as we can if ever if I'm in a, ever in Bethel you know we talk and stuff he's ever in Anchorage things yeah. like that and then coaching against each other obviously yeah what's that like do you like to try to push his buttons ever or? <laughs> I mean, thankfully, the last couple of years, we've had some pretty good teams at South, so. You talk a little trash at all? Well, uh, not really, no. <laughs> we, I, keep it, I mean, I coach, I coach my kids to wrestle them hard, you know. And, right. And, uh, but afterwards, it's like, you know, it's, we're, it's back to normal. So, right. I mean, I still, I still reach out to him for, you know, for advice and things like that because, you know, he's been doing it for so long. He's got, he's yeah. got experience, so. Alaskan yeah. Wrestling yeah. Hall of Fame, too, yeah. so. Let's talk about your uh, your results in Alaska. In middle school, I went back and found you took seventh, fourth, 
second at 10 Invitational, and then in high school, you rattled off second, first, first, first. Hell of a resume. This might be a tough question, but why, why were you so good or, or what set you apart from your competition? Because there's a lot of kids that start, and I, I talk, you know, a lot of people I've had on here done a lot of good things, but there's a lot of people that start early on that don't get the same success that people like yourself have. I mean, was it just like, you know, work ethic or your mindset or like the willing to, you know, want to yeah. go be the best or, or what? Yeah. I mean, like I said, in middle school, you know, it was still, I don't know if I had a late start compared to most people. I mean, fourth grade is, you know, we don't really have much of a season when you're in fourth grade. So I was kind of just still kind of learning how to wrestle, you know, sixth grade and stuff like that. And, you know, it was still, I think, kind of something I did. And then, you know, seventh and eighth grade, I started to started to realize like, man, that I love this, you know, and I think, I think that's kind of what led to some of that success is like, I kind of got obsessed with it, you know, and, and, you know, my parents were, you know, the best support system I could have had. Like they, it wasn't, it wasn't like they were pushing me to do anything. It was all intrinsic motivation. Okay. But, you know, if I, we had, we had like a rental nearby and we, we got a 10 by 10 mat from somewhere. And I remember just doing like full on practices on my 10 by 10. <laughs> Sometimes I couldn't get partners. Like, you know, right. if it was off season and, or after a practice or something, and I couldn't, I couldn't get a partner in there with me, but I'd go through like an entire practice, you know, just like, wrestling like and probably, probably not even like great stuff. That's really going <laughs> to help me get a, become a better wrestler. But like, just, I was obsessed Still with just it being and, in there. Yeah. And I loved it. So I think that was, I think that was a big thing, you know, going into high school and then, you know, going to camps and wrestling in the summer and stuff like that, you know, and then after, you know, after my eighth grade year, you know, going into high school is like setting goals, you know, I wanted to be a four time state champ, you know, that was, I, we hadn't had one in Bethel and it was, I, I remember thinking about it, like that was my goal, but I wasn't sure if it was actually like attainable. Well, then it's obviously really hard to do as a freshman. And then you took second. Did that kind of, you know, motivate you to be like, well, I'm still just going to go for the next three? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. My freshman year was, was tough because I don't know if you remember Joe Hunt from Dillingham. Yeah. I, I think I wrestled him every single weekend that, that <laughs> season. And yeah, uh, tough kid. I was a freshman 103 pounder. He was a junior, junior, pretty big. Yeah. And I was still like, you know, I was still soft, like I was 95 pounds or something like that. You know, still some baby fat on me and things like that. And, um, but I wrestled him every single tournament, kind of closed the gap as the season went on. Like, I think I got majored by him the first time we wrestled or almost tacked or something. And in the state finals, I lost by, I don't know, three, four. You're definitely like right. It was, it was really close. But, you know, that whole time, like, obviously that was my goal to win. I don't, I don't know how much I actually believed I could win oh, because, you know, I see it a lot like freshmen come in and, you know, they're not supposed to win. So they don't have that, you know, hundred percent faith that like, right. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that that played into it and that's kind of something I use for coaching as to like, try to get to these kids heads. Like, man, don't wait, you know, don't say, Oh, I'm going to win say next year. You know, like kids can do it as freshmen. Yeah. You know, Sometimes it just takes that mental faith, I guess, or you yeah, know, yeah, even in yourself I, that you can actually yeah. do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, I think that was one of the factors <clears throat> in that year is like, I didn't actually believe. I well, then it probably doesn't help that you're, you know, looking at it go, yeah. And then we got this freaking junior monster over here. Like that's yep. tough to get through. Yep. Yeah. That, 
you know, that, that played into it a little bit. So yeah, going into, you know, taking second, it hurt. It's, it stung because I wanted it, but, but it kind of, kind of was a wake up call, I think like, you know, and then I, the next right. year it's kind of about develop, getting a little bit more mature, my body developing a little bit more, kind of growing into that weight class. And yeah, sure. Um, yeah. It's actually funny. I have all these results and all these things and whatever. And I actually had the finals pictures still from Tom Shelley. And if you compare your picture to, to Hunt's, it, it actually, no offense, you look like a little kid. And yeah. he, this is the comparison of like the two years, the maturity of your, their, your guys' yeah. bodies. It's like, this guy's like cut shoulders. He's like muscular. He's like, looks like a, you know, kind of like, like a man a little yep. man and then you look like you know you just came in like you said you're still a little soft you like look like a little kid and it's just like damn yeah just, like, i could have not that yeah, it matters I, but it's i just, could have easily passed as a seventh grader <laughs> that's how small i was and and yeah like like you said nothing you know like he out wrestled me he was he was a better wrestler so it was like hats off to him it kind of yeah. kind of taught me a lesson along the way so after high school you went and wrestled for university of minnesota mm-hmm. right Tell me, how did that opportunity come about? Growing up, I was always a Minnesota sports fan. My dad was from Minnesota. So we took trips, you know, in the summertime and stuff like that to go visit his side of the family and, and just kind of not brainwash, but like he was, a, you know, a, you know, a <laughs> twin Vikings, you know, Timberwolves, Gophers, you know, so yep. kind of that, that kind of sparked an interest in, in it. And then, and then growing up, you know, their, their wrestling program was you know, well-established with J-Rob and stuff like that. So it was kind of always like a goal in the back of my mind. I went to, and then on top of that, I went to some J-Rob camps, like when I was a freshman, eighth grade, maybe eighth grade year, ninth grade year, and kind of just being around the coaching staff and stuff like that kind of, kind of sparked an interest. And I, you know, sent a recruiting form to them at one point in my high school career and they responded and went on a trip down there. And I was like, this is, you know, this is where I want to be. That's a be, yeah. yeah. Did, uh, was that your always your plan in going through high school that you wanted to wrestle in college? Maybe not even Minnesota, but just in general, that was your yeah. idea. I don't know if I don't know if that was my plan. Like when I was freshman sophomore, like I like the access the kid, the kids have today, you know, with social media and flow wrestling and stuff like that. It's like on yeah. a date like daily basis, like they're seeing that stuff, right? And. uh Flow wrestling was just starting when I was in high school. So it was like, I'm not seeing that like every single day when I pull up my Instagram feed and I'm scrolling through things. So I don't think it was like a, you know, a goal when I was a freshman or sophomore necessarily. But I start when I started having a little bit more success and, you know, went to those camps and things like that, I kind of realized I could do it. So it's kind of a later goal in high school career, I think. If I, I mean, I don't even really yeah, remember correctly right. when I started thinking about it, but, but yeah, I, you know, by the time I was a junior, it was like definite, like I'm going to go somewhere and keep wrestling. Tell me about your wrestling experience, wrestling for Minnesota. Man, it was, it was the, you know, best five years of my life. I think obviously going in there, you have your goals and and things like that that you want to accomplish and they didn't work out. You know, I went in with a top recruiting class in the country. Like we had some studs coming in my, the same year as me, but right from the start, you know, we were, you know, the freshmen always have their freshman workouts that are like, you know, separate from everybody else. And like our class was like, dude, it was, it was fun. You know, the, the workouts we did and how hard we pushed each other and stuff. So, you know, I, I went in there, I wanted to be an all American. I wanted to be a national champ. Like that's one of the things on my trip that, you know, sitting down with Jay that he asked, you know, what's your goal? If you come here, like, what are your goals? 
you know, and that was one of the things I said. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of ran down the list of, you know, all the all Americans and national champs that he had coached. And was like, you know, we, we know how to get you there, you know, if you're willing to do it. So kind of sold me with that, you know, and then going in like every single year, it's a new, there's a new challenge. Like it's a fight to get in the starting lineup there. And, uh, but once you do, like, if you break through, like you're contending for, you know, to be an all American, you know, in my situation, I went in as a 133 pounder, the Dardanes brothers, Nick and Chris Dardanes are twins from, uh, from Chicago, Illinois. They're the same age as me. They were 33 and 41 pounders. Like those guys, same, same age. Chris ended up being a three-time all American. Um, Nick was a two-time all American. So, those are the kinds of guys I was, I was battling with every single day. And, you know, I could compete with them in the room, but as soon as we'd, we'd go to a, go to a tournament and wrestle the same competition, they would just have another gear that hammer down. You know, I couldn't consistently like break through and stuff like that. So, you know, with that being said, like it's, it was the best, you know, four or five years in my, you know, in my life because I was surrounded by greatest people, sure. you know, like, you know, from our, from our team, um, the team dynamic and the team atmosphere to the coaches, um, I was able to learn from, it was like, man, I learned so much that that only helps, you know, helps me coach now. So, yeah. So needless um, to say, if you could go back and do it again, you would in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, change some things a little bit, I think. Sure. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I feel like coaching is my calling and, and I feel like I, I was able to learn so much through those five years about, you know, about wrestling and, and coaching and stuff like that is, I think I'd, I'd definitely do it again. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, do you, do you have any tips or, or anything maybe for kids that want to wrestle at the next level right now or, or that are, are going to be wrestling coming up mm-hmm. any about anything in particular? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, um, some of the, some of the stuff is also, we did, we did a zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago where I had three college coaches on and, you know, invited upperclassmen from around the state to be on, some of the stuff they said is the same things that I, you know, tell our kids that are looking to wrestle in college is like one, you have to love the sport because wrestling certain times sucks and it's hard. And if you don't actually love it, like you're not going to make it, you know, yeah. if you can't, if you can't love the fight and embrace that, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for you at the college level. And then, you know, being as coachable as possible, just be willing to learn from anybody and everybody, you know, being a sponge and just, you know, just because you're sur- like I said, you're surrounded by greatness, you know, no matter what college program you choose, like there's going to be people around that can teach you some, you know, awesome awesome. things. So being coachable and then, and then having a growth mindset, like, you know, not being scared to fail and throw yourself out there is like, you know, having a growth mindset where you can, you can seek out adversity and just know, like, this is going to teach me something, you know, even if I fail, I'm going to learn from it. Um, I'm going to be grateful for the opportunity. So I think that, coach you know being coachable having a growth mindset and uh just loving the sport loving the fight what do you think the biggest differences are from wrestling in high school to college i mean maybe you kind of touched base on it that so many kids are there's so many studs in there compared Mm -hmm. to maybe when you're in your high school room there's not as many you know at least in your particular weight class there's not always like you know that super tough competition Mm -hmm. with your experience what do you think are maybe some of the biggest differences between the two i think there's two ways to look at this like one is one is just wrestling specific, technically, like a bet, better kids in high school, you go into college and you don't really know how to wrestle on the mat because, you know, the better kids in the state or country, 
you know, they don't really get taken down. They don't get really get ridden. Right. They get in the college room and like, you can't get off bottom. Like yeah. you might spend 30 minutes like with your head in the mat because you can't even build a base because like you haven't been exposed to that really. Good point. So technically, that. Yeah. Technically mat wrestling is, is a huge transition. That's usually like, you know, the, that whole first year is like, you have to figure out like, yeah. how to survive, you know, like, what is happening. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like I said, like, just loving the fight and that adversity, you know, cause like you're no matter how tough you are, like you're going to take your lumps in the room and some kids, some kids take it great. And it's just like, man, I love this. I love this challenge. And I'm going to come back and, you know, I'm going to come back tomorrow and hopefully score that takedown that I almost scored. Or maybe I'm only going to give up 15 takedowns tomorrow, that kind of thing. And some kids <laughs> take it the other way where it's, you know, they, they're just way too hard on themselves and they're like, beat up. Oh, I hate this. So that, you know, is, for the wrestling side. And then the other side, academically and socially, I think a big factor in success is your accountability. You know, it's like, you have to wake yourself up and go to class. You have to right. wake yourself up and go to those 6am workouts and stuff and, and not stay up late playing video games and not going to parties and things like that. So it's like, it's really, you know, that accountability on yourself that some kids develop in college. Some kids kind of have it through high school. I'm not sure if it's, you know, for me, it wasn't a problem and it wasn't, I don't know if it was anything my parents necessarily like taught me or anything. It was kind of just like, yeah. it's the way I did things. I just took care of business and, and some kids that are a little bit more, they just rely on their parents to structure their days and stuff when they're in high school. Like, yeah. you know, they, they have a little bit of a wake up call when they get to college. Let's talk about your pre-match routine. Did you have a particular pre-match routine? Like when you maybe would get up and get loose or a particular warm up that you did like every time or anything like that at all? Um, not really. I, I listened to music. I was a music guy kind of developed probably in high school. It's weird because like the high school tournaments up here, you don't have room. Like you don't have yeah. room to warm up. You know, you do your, you do your pre-tournament drill and stuff. And then like after that, like you're in a cramped gym where like you have maybe a two foot by two foot space to like jump around. Right. Um, whereas like you go to some of these college tournaments and stuff, you have room to run sprints, you have way more room. So it kind of, I think, I guess it kind of depends on, on your environment. At times I probably overwarmed up, you know, I probably started a little too soon and, and things like that. So, you know, four matches deep or something, I'd, I'd get going and get my heart rate up for sure. Break a sweat, get some stance in motion, but nothing, nothing like I wasn't super structured with like, I have to do 10 of these and 10 of these and 10 of these. <clears throat> right. um, but I listened to music until like I was on deck. Yeah. And then just went out there to scrap, I guess. Did you have a particular post weigh-in food or drink that was like a go-to? No, you know, granola bars, maybe a bagel or something like that. And nothing specific at all. Usually went with water for liquids at first. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't cut tons of weight, so I didn't really have any, like I didn't go out of my way to like <laughs> structure that. You know how some people like obsess over, obsess yeah. over it, but you know, sometimes they run into problems because like what if you go to a tournament you can't find that exact stuff and it's like how are you going to handle that so yeah i was kind of basic you know whatever granola sure. bar i could find or you know bagel or whatever and stayed okay. away from gary that was kind of my only thing yeah let's get let's talk about coaching yep so a couple of years ago you were named the assistant coach of the year for south and then the very following year which was last year you are the head coach of south correct yep First of all, how did the opportunity to start coaching at South in the very beginning, how'd that even come about? 
you, you moved back from, from yep. school and decided you were going to live in Anchorage or? Yeah, I, uh, I graduated, graduated college in 2015 and then moved back here. My sister was actually living here in Anchorage at the time. So I moved in with her. She was renting a condo for my parents, actually. So I just moved in with her, not really knowing what I wanted to do exactly. I just graduated, and I was like, all right, like, I guess we'll try Anchorage out, you know? And I randomly, I forget the connection, but I randomly went to, like, a South Open mat, I think it was. It was some, some sort of open practice, but it was before Darren's first year taking over as a head coach. Okay. So he, he kind of knew he was going to be the, you know, incoming head coach, and we had met, we hadn't met each other. Like I had no idea who he was and stuff like that. But I knew, like I knew Rami Palumbi because he's a Bethel kid. He came right. from Bethel. Um, so we had kind of that connection. And Darren just mentioned like after practice, like he was looking for assistant coaches. I was like, all right, I'll think about it. Like, don't really know. And then a while later I give him a call back and I'm like, Hey, I'm interested. Like, let's do it. So uh, the rest was history. I was the, his assistant for four years and then how did you get the opportunity to do the head coach part? Yeah. So Darren teaches at Golden View. He teaches social studies at Golden View. And all the middle schools in Anchorage are kind of struggling right now, just with numbers and, and things like that. So he he thought it would be it would be a good idea to kind of lead the resurgence of Golden View's middle school. Because back when him and Tom when Tom was the head coach and the middle school seasons were switched, you know, they're high school wrestling coach could then go after the season go and coach their middle school so him and tom coached at south whenever and coached at golden view and that's kind of what led to like south having a pretty good team those you know the last right. six years Fe- or whatever feeding into the yeah yeah so they switched you know asd switches seasons around so now a lot of the middle school coaches you know aren't you know wrestling co- they're not you know they're they're guys right. that, that love it and are probably and are probably great coaches but I think we can do a little bit better. So sure. Darren, Darren decided to kind of lead that charge to step down from the head coach role and become an assistant. So then he could kind of help Golden View's program grow. And I was kind of pissed, right? Like when he first <laughs> told me, he was like, Hey, this is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the reins and I'm going to take over Golden View. And I was like, dude, I am not ready. Like, I don't want to do this. I want to be an assistant coach for the rest of my life. Cause <laughs> I don't want all that extra responsibility. Yeah, exactly, man. It's, it's, <laughs> especially this first year, it was, it was tough, but you know, thinking about it, I was like, yeah, it's probably right. If we want to, you know, continue to have a successful South program, like we need, we need our feeder schools. So he kind of told me that and I was just like, all right, I guess I got to do it. So I applied for the South job and got it because nobody else applied for it. And yeah, I mean, so tell me about some of the, some of the differences between being an assistant coach and head coach or some of maybe the challenges that are just different. Cause obviously it was just said, I mean, you don't have as much responsibility, but you know, what else comes along with being a head coach compared to being yeah, an assistant? The last, the last two years of my assistant coach role, Darren kind of gave me a lot more leadership opportunities and, and roles and stuff like that. Gave me a lot more responsibility. So I don't know if he was intentionally grooming me or if he was, you know, grooming me to be a head coach or if it was just kind of a natural thing. Cause I was doing a lot of the practice planning and running practices and stuff like that already. But I was also wrestling every single day, like as an assistant coach, it was like, yeah. like this is what I want to do. I, you know, I'd grab a, a, a person each day of the week or grab a group each day of the week and kind of teaching them a little bit more hands-on now as, now as the head coach, you don't really have time for that. Cause there's, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Right. I'm in the room, like, I'm, I refuse to let any of that stuff like pull me out of the room from that 
you know, two thirty to four thirty. I'm like, if it's paperwork, phone calls, like you guys can wait till after class or after practice. But they're, you know, just just the behind the scenes stuff, the emailing, the yeah. you know, the fundraising, the you know, all the important stuff that makes a makes the ship run. It's like you gotta you know, have to have your hand in all that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's a big difference. And and I think you know, this first year it was we had our struggles and stuff like that just because, you know, I was kind of learning on the fly and stuff like that. And Darren was more so handling the golden view program. So a lot of it I was, I was kind of taken on and I didn't delegate it as much as I should have to some of our assistant coaches. Sure. Um, and I was kind of just trying to do it all, like handle everything by myself. And it kind of led to some headaches and yeah, I bet. it was tough. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you like it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, sounds negative. I I love it. I love yeah. it though. You know, it's like there are days where it's like you walk out of practice and you're like, man, like that was a horrible practice, or or what? You're frustrated with thing the way things, whether it's in practice or outside, you know. And but then when you can kind of step away from it and uh, and you know see kids achieve their goals and stuff like that, it's like yeah, it's, makes it all worthwhile. Nothing, there's nothing I'd rather do. It's I don't know. It's it's addicting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, tell me what it's like coaching along uh, Tom Ritchie and Darren Peshkoff. I mean, both great wrestlers and coaches in their own right. I mean, have you learned a lot from them? I mean, you guys seem yeah. to also like hang out outside of yeah. know, just wrestling. So yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're awesome. Like, you know, learning from Tom, when Tom stepped down from his head coach, like that first year he was, he was kind of like fully out, but now we've been kind of like pulling him back in a little bit more. Yeah trying to get him involved with some summer stuff or some off season stuff. And we actually just got him like, he actually just got a position on the uh, Alaska USA wrestling board um, spring. So we're kind of raining him back in. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, anybody that's, you know, been in that coaching scene, like, especially those guys that have been coaching longer than me, like, you know, I'll run things by them. Like, Hey, what do you guys think about this or this situation and stuff like that? Most, a lot of the technical, you know, if it's just technical wrestling technique and stuff like that, I kind of handle it, but just the ins and outs of just the way to, you know, coordinate things and fundraising and right. and dealing with parents and stuff like that is like, I still, I still have a ton to learn. So yeah, having those guys around is like, I don't know how I would do it without them, you know? That's awesome. Where does your uh, coaching philosophy come from? Is it like things you picked up along the way or your own ideals and kind of like techniques or... I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. You mentioned like in college and stuff that you learned mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, and even like some things with like Darren Lieb and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely stuff I've kind of just learned. And when I was younger, it was like things you were learning and you weren't even realizing you were learning them. You know, a lot of that was, like I said, you know, the relationship I had with Darren Lieb and then in college with Jay Robinson, it was just like a legendary coach. And it was tough because – there was definitely times, like I said, with, with Lee, like you did, you thought this guy was crazy. Like, why, <laughs> are you, why are you making us do this? Like, this doesn't make sense. And sometimes you don't even realize until after you graduate. So I don't know. It's tough. Like, it's really more about life lessons that, that Jay would teach, especially, you know, when I was in college, he, was, he wasn't really on the mat. He had knee surgeries and, you know, right. you name it, like he was having surgery on every body part. Um, so he wasn't really on the mat showing a ton of technique, but it was just like, kind of being around him and hearing stories and hearing, you know, he had a, we call them J-isms. They're like, he has little one-liners for like little one-liners. Yeah. And 
that you're kind of like laugh and stuff. And then you realize like you're eating them when you're coaching them, you know, it's like, <laughs> Damn, that was good. yeah. So, I mean, it's so my philosophy kind of comes from a lot of the coaches I've been around, you know, and I'm, and I'm still learning. Like I'm in, the, I'm in this group with some, with some coaches from all different sports, basketball, volleyball, my sister's actually in it. So it's this kind of a coalition of coaches called rally Alaska. And we're kind of just, it's in its infancy, infancy stage, but we're, it's kind of all lying along the lines of like kind of learning from each other and, oh, sure, yeah. to, you know, different ways to do things and teach, teach kids. And it's more so, like I said, like, you know, at the personal level. Yeah. So kind of, it's like something that you, you know, you could probably learn something from everybody just a, yeah. if it's just a little bit and the more information yeah. and knowledge that you could kind of gain to help you do your thing, you know? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Cause I mean, like a famous quote, you know, a famous coaching quote is like, the kid's not going to learn from you until they know you care about them. You know, yeah. it's like, it's kind of along the lines of that is like, that's kind of what I'm trying to hit on as a coach is like build that trust and communication. And then you can, can really start coaching them and challenging them. Yeah, totally. And then last thing on the coaching thing in particular, how would you describe yourself as a coach? I mean, like, do you try to be like that friendly coach that's like, you know, buddy, buddy, or are you like a, a jerk or, you know, like, I think... I'm probably just because I, you know, especially when I started, I was closer to, you know, coaching high school kids. I was closer to their age than most of the other coaches. So I think I started a little bit more as a, a little bit more as a peer, you know, like a big brother type thing. And it's, I think it's different depending on what group I'm around. Like I've, I have kids that I literally spend, you know, 12 months out of the year with. So they're probably on a different level than, you know, the kids I coach at just the, just the high high school. So I think it's different depending on, you know, the, the group I'm around and stuff like that. It's, it makes it difficult, you know, being in the high school room when, you know, there's a handful of kids that you've been with for, you know, five, six years, you know, 12 months out of the year. And then there's some kids that you see October, November, December. Right. It's, it's a difficult kind of like keeping them all on the same, you know, on the and same. You got you to treat them different at times and you don't know yeah. how the new kids are going to necessarily respond yeah. to to you as a person or as a coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely like somewhere in between, I think of like a, you know, hard ass and, you know, buddy, buddy guy kind of thing. But it's kind of interesting. Cause like my college coach, like Jay was like military, like <laughs> crazy, like, but, uh, kind of veered away from that a little bit, I guess. Why do you love wrestling so much? How do you not get burnt out? I think one, you know, on the, on the wrestling level, I just, I love the sport. Like I said, when I was, when I was in it and I was, you know, in high school and college, it was like, I was obsessed with it. Like just the ins and outs of like, you know, new technique and, you know, figuring out ways to do something better and that kind of stuff is like kind of obsessive over that kind of stuff. And then on the coaching side, I kind of just, I like being around, you know, wrestlers, like-minded people, helping people achieve their goals that, you know, using my experiences to kind of, to kind of help them along the way and things like that. And then, and then seeing kids break through and kind of having that, having that kind of mental switch or, you know, they break through and win a, win a big match or, you know, or maybe they just, they put in four years, you know, in your program and, and graduate from high school and get a job and have a successful career. And like, you see them like, you know, doing well as just a person. It's like, I don't know. It's hard, yeah. hard to get away from. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you feel like you had, you know, a hand in something. Yeah. Like that. So it's been, yeah, it's been these past like two months with this quarantine stuff is like kind of like, 
frustrating. <laughs> like, yeah. But I feel like I've learned a lot. Like I was able to take a step back and kind of, you know, like I said, learn from some of those other coaches about coaching a little bit deeper, things like that, and using technology to kind of check in with kids and stuff like that. So trying to figure out different ways to, you know, do things, but it's, it's definitely been frustrating not being around, you know, the kids. Yeah, I can only imagine. Now we're, uh, we're going to kind of transition out and talk a little bit about, you know, just some personal stuff. Tell me about Bethel. I mean, we kind of talked about this before everything kicked off, but I've never been there. You know, what, what was it like growing up there? You mentioned that, you know, you did all kinds of sports and stuff. And then I've got a couple other questions I'm going to add in. I was going to ask why you live in Anchorage now. You kind of mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you have family in Bethel? How often do you go back and visit? My parents still live there. They moved up in like the 80s or something like that. My mom, separately, they met in Bethel. My mom was a, a teacher. My dad worked construction. They kind of both ended up in Bethel and met there. But yeah, growing up there was, it was different. You know, small, there's 6,000 or so people in Bethel, but it feels a lot smaller than that because it's so isolated. Right. Like, you, you, got, have, you have to fly in, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to fly. <laughs> Unless it's the winter, you can drive on the river road to the villages and stuff, but you know, the villages are 200, 300 people. So it's not like, it's not like we have a giant, you know, influx of people just driving through the town and stuff. So, you know, small town, like definitely as a kid, you know, the summers were like, you couldn't beat the summers in Bethel. Just, you know, I'd ride my bikes with my friends, just like Uh, endless stuff. Yeah. Endless stuff. Like, you know, thinking back on it, it's kind of weird, especially living in Anchorage now. Like, you know, when I was in middle school, I would bike to my friends at like, you know, 11 p.m. or midnight or something. Like my parents didn't think anything of it. Right. You know, you're like nonstop doing stuff, and so yeah, that you know, growing up there, it was it was an awesome upbringing. And then just you know, I didn't know anything different. Like I didn't know like what growing up in Anchorage was like. So it was like that's what I knew. So it was like I loved it. It was it was fun. How often do you go back and visit? I work like even through even through college, I would go back and work for my dad a little bit in the summer. Since I've been up here in 2015, I've spent. Depends on the summer and what kind of jobs he has. Like I've, I go back, you know, maybe a few times a year, maybe for a holiday or something. But most of the time when I go back, it's to help my dad with a job or something like that. Gotcha. And then now as an adult, I mean, is there certain things that you miss about Bethel or that you appreciate way more about Anchorage than Bethel? I miss, so we're right on the Kuskokum River and literally you just drive down to the boat harbor, which is, you know, seven minute drive from my house which is you know from the other end like we lived on one end the boat harbor's on the other end of the you know <laughs> city and it's like a seven minute drive so you could drive down park in the boat harbor hop in your boat that's docked at the harbor you know and be on the be on the river and you know within 10 to 15 minutes from sitting on your couch so you can't really do that here you know <laughs> um so that you know f- i like fishing out there a lot better you know because we would hop in the boat, drive up, drive up river. And you'd be, you know, on a river with nobody around. Whereas yeah. here it's kind of like, you, know, you go down to the Russian or something like that. <laughs> I don't like it. I did it. The first time I did it, I was like, this is horrible. No, like, I <laughs> not like this. Yeah. So yeah, I miss that, you know, fishing and just being, being outdoors. You can access the outdoors and, you know, a little, nobody around you. a little bit easier. You can still do it here, but you know, it's not as easy to get out. So yeah. And is there anything about anchors that you appreciate in particular compared to Bethel that you're like, man, I like just the different options, I guess, to do things like, sure. you know, you got Alaska 45 minutes in the, down, the, down the highway in the, in the winter. And I'm sure the food like, options too, huh? Different food options. Definitely. You know, like, you know, 
bars and breweries. Like I, I've been hitting up the breweries and stuff like that. So like the breweries and stuff like that here, you know, I just bought, bought a nice bike. So I'm starting to get in a little mountain biking. So I think just different options. I think yeah. there's more options and more opportunities a little bit here. Uh, tell me about your degree. You have a degree in kinesiology? Kinesiology, yep. Okay, so that was, that was pretty close. Uh, what exactly is that? It's the study of human movement. Okay. So it's a, like, a lot of people don't know what that is, so it's an easy way to explain. You know, people that go to physical therapy, PT and OT school and, you know, become chiropractors and that kind of stuff, they usually start with a kinesiology degree and then kind of branch out or like exercise science. So that was kind of like my focus within that degree was like exercise science. Funny story, I actually started out as a math major. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're an 18-year-old kid and they ask you what major you want to be in. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I was good at math in high school. Like, yeah. I guess you're a math major. And, and my mom was always kind of pushing me to become a teacher because she was a teacher. So I was like, all right, I'll go through this math program and be a math teacher, I guess. And I took... Cause I had some, I had some college math credits coming into college. So that first year I didn't have to take any math cause I was already kind of ahead. Yeah, and then, which was a mistake taking a year off. And then, <laughs> I, tried to, and then I tried to jump into Calc three, which, and then you're like, wait, college wait, wait. Le- at a, in a college, in a college lecture hall compared to like when I was t- taking calculus in, in Bethel, there was, our class was four students, <laughs> right. four students in our professor. That's a little different. <laughs> If you didn't get something, it was just like, raise your hand. Like they'll, they'll spend 15 minutes explaining it to you. Yeah. It's like my first, my, I think it was like, I went to one college lecture for Calc 3 and I was like, you know, the, the professor didn't speak English very well, you know, and I was just like, I, I was like, I can't do this. Like, there's no way I can, I can do this. And I don't actually like it as much as I thought I did. <laughs> uh, so luckily that year I took with some of my teammates, I took an intro to kinesiology class because it was something our advisor just suggested, Check it out. you know, and uh, I was always interested in that stuff. I just didn't really, cause I, you know, like working out and that kind of yeah. stuff. So it was just like, it clicked. I was just like, this is what I want to do. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but yeah. I have to pick a major. So I'm going to pick this one. <laughs> and then, this one. Yeah. And then once you get into, you know, a little bit more of the, the kinesiology specific classes, like exercise physiology and, and stuff like that it becomes a little bit more interesting and stuff and yeah yeah interesting and stuff like that so yeah i just went with it and got and it actually led me like by the time like my junior year advisor was like oh well you can just add these two or three classes and get a coaching minor so i was just like sure so i got a coaching yeah. minor with it because i took some coaching philosophy classes and yeah so i was like wasn't really sure what i was going to do with it because you know i thought about going into exercise science or physical therapy, but I also wanted to move back to Anchorage. So I wasn't, I didn't really want to stick around for grad school in Minnesota. And I was like, I'm just going to move back and figure it out. Yeah. And then now you're a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. At yeah, South? Kinda, yeah. At South, I got lucky. I, oh. I started substitute teaching when I first moved up, moved up here just to kind of pay the bills through, you know, through the Anchorage school district and substitute teaching. Like it pays pretty good actually, but it sucks. <laughs> like to the kids, like man like i could do it like i could do it like once a week and i was burnt out you know i'd have to take like a week off because it's like these kids are yeah. little a-holes so then i i did that for like a year and a half or something and then 
Finally, my mom convinced me to go into the master's program to get my master's in teaching because I wanted to, like, I, I knew I wanted to coach and there's not many other occupations you can do and like coach as much as like right. I want to coach, you know, throughout the high school season and the summers and stuff like that. So it's like, all right, I can't be that bad, you know, a PE teacher. And then with that, you know, with Richie being the same thing, you know, he was a PE teacher at South. So I started my master's program and it was, it was only like a, it was a three semester program. So it was like an intensive program oh, to get yeah. it. So I started, I started in the summer and finished in the spring and then student taught under Tom. Oh, so cool. uh, yeah, it was, it was a good situation. And then luckily I got a job at South. Like it was kind of yeah, meant to be. I, was, I got really lucky. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I had to fill out a quick questionnaire before, you know, all this. And I asked you if you had, if you had any siblings, you have one older sister and she is a world champion power lifter. You said, tell me yep. about that a little bit. How did that? Yeah. Happen? So she's uh, Natalie is two years older than me. When she was in high school, she did sports. She played volleyball and basketball, but couldn't volleyball was her main sport, but she couldn't really go to college for it because she was like five foot four. So it was like kind of, it's kind of an uphill battle for her to, to do that. So she went to school and started like one of her friends, like started to got her into CrossFit. Oh, cool. um, and she didn't even really like lift in high school really, but she got into CrossFit and did that for a couple of years and actually was like, did it competitively. Like she went with a team to like their CrossFit regionals and stuff like that. But then I think just by chance, somebody convinced her to try a powerlifting meet because she was like through CrossFit, she was like kind of showed that she was pretty strong. So she did a powerlifting meet, which is squat bench and deadlift. For those of you who don't know, it's three, you get three attempts for each lift. Um, so three squats, three benches, three deadlifts. And she like did really, really well. And she was like, all right, this, I actually want to kind of see where I can see where I can go with this. And, you know, I think that was, that was probably eight years ago or something like that is when she got into it. And now she's a three-time world champ. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I was reading that. I was like, wait, what? Like, holy cow. Yeah. I used to, it was funny when she first started getting into it, I was still in college and a bunch of my college teammates would like make fun of me. Like, Oh, your sister's stronger than you. Oh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I used to kind of like be insulted by it, but now I'm like, Dude, yeah, like yeah. she's she's beast. Killer, like yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. You mentioned that you're a coffee drinker. Are you, you a big coffee drinker? Got to have to have coffee every morning, or what's up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not like a coffee snob. Everybody like kind of rags on Keurigs because it's not great coffee, but like I don't really care about that. But yeah, at least a cup. So, depending on what I'm doing, you know, sometimes I'll take my time in the morning and drink two cups. But usually, it's a cup like before I work out in the morning. If you order coffee somewhere, what, what are you getting? You just drink coffee black or? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like ordering like specialty coffees. You know, I like, I don't know if it's like the sugar in it or whatever, but I just like don't really feel good. Yeah. Um, like I'll drink like, like in the summer, I'll go to put, go to somewhere and get like a cold brew. Sure. You know, a cream or something like that. But I'm not big into like ordering the specialty coffees. Gotcha. Yeah. I understand that people, when they go to like Starbucks and they get like the 20 ounce frozen milk oh. drink pretty much, yeah. I'm like, damn, like, what are you doing? Pay like wow. eight bucks for it. Yeah. yeah. And then are you, are you, are you a big breakfast guy or just a breakfast person in general? Do you drink, eat breakfast every day? Yeah. It kind of depends on my schedule. Like I said, like I work out in the morning usually. So sometimes I'm like, I have to work out and I like go right to work. So I had a, especially this year I had like a, I had a zero hour weight training class. Um, so that's a weight training before school starts. So oh. I had to, you know, I was 
in there opening the doors up at 6 a.m. So it's like, oh, right. I don't really have time to, you know, eat breakfast before then or, you know, make breakfast at school. So it was like, usually I would just take whatever I could, like a quick little piece something. of fruit and a granola bar or something and wait till lunch. But. If you had to rank these waffles, French toast, or pancakes, one, two, and three. I used to, when I was a kid, I, I used to love waffles. Like every Saturday we had waffles. My dad would make, or like my friends slept over. Like we always looked forward to like Saturday morning, we'd wake up and we'd have a stack of waffles. So I think for the nostalgic purposes, I'd go waffles one, then maybe French toast and then pancakes three. Okay. Just curious. (laughs) Always some fun questions for you. I got four more for you. These ones are kind of maybe a little bit tougher. What do you think is the hardest part about wrestling? I think just, you know, different from any other sport is like you're, you get exposed, you know, you get, you're out there and it's like, you know, some, some kids do try to make mistakes and stuff, but it's like, they don't hold any weight. It's like, you're out there and it's like, and you're exposed, like your training, your, your everything is like out there for everybody to see. And, uh, when, when you have the wrong mindset about it, it's like, it's intimidating, you know, like getting out there and, you know, failing in front of people like that's, that's intimidating. If you have, if you have the wrong mindset and you think that like, Oh, and I, if you fail, you're a failure, you know, right. if you think like that, it's, I think that's where a lot of kids struggle. So yeah, just putting yourself out there and being exposed, you know, just, just being exposed to everybody, you know, all your training, all your effort, all your hard work is out there to, um, for everybody to judge is, is probably the most difficult part where other sports, you know, you can hide behind teammates and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, in a basketball game, there might be, you know, you, you might miss the winning shot, but it's like there, how many other mistakes were there throughout the, throughout the game that people can point fingers at, you know, whereas wrestling, it's like, don't really have that. Yeah. Yeah, But I think that's it, you know, that's what makes it so great is like, that teaches you so many more life lessons than, you know, a team sport is like when you're in a job and everything, everybody's relying on you and you have this, you know, and there's a chance you might get fired. If you screw up, like you need to know how to, you know, function with that pressure and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. That's a good answer. In your opinion, what does it take to be successful in wrestling? I mean, obviously there's different, there's different levels. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to be successful at the, you know, the youth level if you develop, you know, one nonstop move type thing. But I think just in general, like you have to want it yourself. There's how, I mean, there's endless amounts of, you know, youth wrestlers that, you know, are coached by their dads. And and like I said, they do develop a killer move or maybe they do their dad forces them to do a thousand pushups a day and they're just stronger than everybody and they can have success. But you know, it's, it's kind of short sighted and it doesn't last very long. But if, it, if you're intrinsically motivated about what you truly want to do and you're kind of honest with yourself about, you know, how you're trying to achieve those goals, I think, I think that's what makes you most successful. Because it's like all, that other, all the other motivation is, you know, is temporary and it's, it comes and it, and it goes and stuff like that. But your intrinsic motivation, like your drive to, you know, be the best wrestler you can be is always going to be there. So I think, you know, if, if you have that, like you can, you can go far as long as you you know, put yourself around the right people and stuff like that. So I would say that, yeah, intrinsic motivation, your, your drive to, to want it for yourself is probably a huge thing. Yeah. Another great answer. Two more here. Toughest person that you have wrestled 
in the state, you know, since we're typically talking about high school wrestling here or middle school, if you can remember, is there a particular person or, or maybe two or even three that stick out in your mind that you wrestled either in the practice room or in particular throughout your time in Alaska wrestling that you, that you think like, Dan, my memory is bad. <laughs> Obviously we talked about, you know, my freshman year, just getting my butt kicked, you know, quite a few times by Joe Hunt, yeah. you know, so probably him. <laughs> well, probably him. I lost to a, I lost a Hoffer my freshman year, actually. That was, where was that? At Bob, Bob Bailey. I think when that was still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I lost to him and then Hunt beat him in the finals. So, and then I took, you know, I took losses to some colony guys and, you know, East always had a, a tough kid around my weight, like, you know, Hoffer my freshman year and I wrestled Skylar Moore like plenty of times and yeah. Matt Malnowski, I wrestled him quite a couple times at least. So I don't know if there's a specific person, I mean, besides Joe Hunt, because he'd probably beat me like 10, 10 times. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I have to go, I'd have to go with him. I have to go with, okay, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. And then the uh, last question that I always ask everybody at the end is, do you have a favorite match or moment as a coach or a wrestler or both, if you can think of? One that particularly stands out in your mind that you're never going to forget that time when this happened when you were wrestling or this time when you were coaching? Man, I'll stick to the coaching side. I'm going to have to go with a couple. just cause. Sure, yeah, yeah, without question. I mean, like yeah. I said, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, especially the past two years, like I, you know, being in the South program, you know, the kids, the graduating class last year was the first class I had from that I got to coach freshman okay. year to you know, graduating. And then the class this year, like a lot of them, I coached in eighth grade, you know, all the way through, all the way through my, uh, their senior year. So developing that relationship with those kids, like definitely makes things like man emotional and just awesome to see them, you know, do what they do. So I think last year, the two, the two that stick out to me or last year, the one that sticks out to me is Jacob Shaq winning his state title his senior year. Not a lot of people know like his story and, and things like that and the struggles he had to deal with, you know, growing up and things like that. And, you know, he's his sophomore year. He, you know, loses on a questionable call, which, you know, in the finals, his junior year, he's undefeated all year and gets knocked out. And uh, that killed me. <laughs> watching that. And then his senior year, like just finishing it off. Finishing it was, just off. Like, man, it was like over a stud yeah. too in, in Hutchison. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, he was just on a different level that year. And he's just like, this, there's nobody taking this from me. And it was just like awesome to see, you know, him as a person just, you know, overcome those things and, and stuff like that. And, and then last year, I guess, you know, Theo, Theo Cha's story about like got hurt first, first match of the year. And he dislocated his patella, his kneecap. And it was questionable, like trainers were questionable, like about whether if he was going to come back or not and rehab the crap out of it. Like, I don't think, like people realize how much time he put in. Like he didn't get on the mat for a month after that and couldn't even really bite. Like couldn't bite because he couldn't bend his knee. Found ways to like, you know, for a couple of weeks, he just found ways to like push himself. And, and then he finally got back on the mat and came back for the Bob Bailey, which was like kind of, we didn't really want him to, that was his first tournament back. And we were like, dude, I don't know if you're ready. Like, and he was like, no, I want to, I need to see where I'm at, you know, and lost three times there. He did the, he lost, he got sixth place at the Bob Bailey, you know, he got pinned by, or he got, I think if first he got 
beat by Riley Harris's teammate, and then he lost to a Dillingham kid, and then he got pinned by a Lathrop kid, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then just to see the emotions after that, I was just like, you know, it was tough. And then he came, you know, un- unseated at state and, you know, pulls off a win in the state finals. Is like just yeah. that journey, that journey alone. And Pretty incredible, it was, yeah. It was special. And then, uh, you know, this year seeing Aiden win his fourth, it was a tough year, you know, with like – pressure dealing with pressure and stuff and it like for sure i had to you know it was it was a learning it was a learning moment learning season for me as a coach to like how how to help him deal with this pressure and you know so it was seeing him just you know pull through and, and get it off like yeah it was good so i guess you know those and um those I mean, there's, stick out. there's probably so many i'm forgetting you know brandon yeah. Darm, i coached him from eighth grade and he finally won his first title his senior year and things like that. So there's been, I mean, there's been a handful of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and you got a lot more to keep making those memories. Yeah, hope so. Well, that's all I have for you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fun. Well, that does it for this episode of the Alaskan Grappler podcast. I would like to thank Randy again for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. I got a little carried away with the time when we talked and uh, we talked for almost uh, two hours. A lot of the stuff I cut from the podcast because they were just little side conversations and whatnot. I've maybe spoken to Randy a few times here or there in the past, but for two people who don't know each other, it felt like some buddies just shooting the breeze about wrestling, and that's what I loved about it. I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're new to the podcast, all previous episodes can be found on alaskangrappler.com, Spotify, or YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are listening on YouTube, and please follow us on Facebook if you don't already. I am already currently working on editing a podcast I did with Isaac Deaton, and I have a couple more podcasts in the works for the future, so stay tuned for the next Alaskan Grappler podcast.